0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for February 6th, 2022, the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce. How you doing? I'm doing fine. (laughs) Pregnant pauses. Pregnant Uh, pauses. Yeah. Giving
1: birth to uh, deep thoughts (laughs) that shall soon walk on their own. That
0: doesn't sound like us at all. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. I to I, find a I, more If anything, firm. I give I give birth to very shallow thoughts,
1: <laughs> who trip over their own feet. Who
0: trip over their own feet and and, <laughs> and fall the second that they attempt to move. It just won't be toilet <laughs> hmm That that those are my thoughts in a nutshell. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, we're we're this is uh the the podcast for February. We're now in February. Uh, we just uh, as we're recording this, we just finished our uh, monthly monthly our, monthly. <laughs> Don't scare yearly, me. <laughs> our, our yearly meeting uh, and... Um,
1: Annual meeting of the parish, yes.
0: Yes, yes. Annual meeting of the parish. Uh, uh, not a single nay to be heard uh, this That's time That's true. Uh, yeah uh except quietly. I I said it, I think I said it to you in the back. <laughs> I Jack. <object, but> <laughs> um and we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of interesting things going on uh at the parish mm-hmm. uh, uh, not the least of which is next Sunday uh uh Bishop Jennifer will be the celebrant uh, mm-hmm. and uh uh giving the, the the homily. So in a way who cares what you say on this, <laughs> on this podcast at all? I, I can mean, let it all hang out here. You can, or, or uh, to flip that on its head instead, you should be terrified. What <laughs> are you going to say that is in a, in a near blatant attempt to undercut what our bishop is going to say uh, on Sunday? I How will you contradict? I don't you? think biblical
1: interpretation, <laughs> at least in the episcopal <laughs> church, is that competitive. <laughs>
0: i'm not saying then you, it y'all, happen, y'all just right? start doing it right <laughs> <laughs> competition is the lifeblood of existence oh wait no i guess not um but yeah uh, so so bishop jennifer will be uh, yeah. actually uh, uh, so so it's a real shame uh, can't get her uh thoughts but of course i guess you know long long story short we don't want her to uh to, to have to uh, um um Maybe rewrite whatever she w- would would say, uh, or, or use up all her points on this podcast. Because who, who would want that? I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to you know, have all your your good ideas put on our our wee little <laughs> podcast when you know you could, you'll deliver it next Sunday in mm-hmm. front of a hundred people.
1: And and one thing to give her full credit, um, she writes every sermon fresh. Each time, there are bishops out there that figure, hey, I'm going to be in a different place each week. Mm-hmm. I just have to rejigger this a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> um, one bishop that whose diocese I was in, um, the clergy figured out he had four sermons. And <laughs> I remember sitting at a clergy meeting and said, so, so uh, which sermon is he giving this quarter? <laughs> It's like, oh, the one with, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good one. I'll look forward to it. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, certainly nothing that uh, 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 pastors do uh, uh, <laughs> and priests do at all. Uh, uh, recycle True. sermons from, from, uh, from old. That would be crazy.
1: I have to admit, I'm bored with myself when I do that. But when I was first ordained, uh, long <laughs> how time many? Ago. How many years ago, Bruce? What how is it? I? Well, 1985 was when I was ordained. Others can do the math. Um, there was the phrase, "Oh, just pull one from your file." Yeah, and it was not a computer file. 37,
0: by the way. 37 years ago.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a not a computer file. It was a physical file.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. In a in a fireproof safe yeah just god forbid god forbid anybody set that alight yeah you'd be out and
1: i i actually shocked one parish sector. i said i don't have a file <laughs> i'd only been ordained like 18 months or something <laughs> you don't have a file anyway yeah i <laughs> i don't like repeating it like sure. i said it bores me
0: sure 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 well uh in addition to uh uh bishop jennifer uh, uh, being here. Uh, what else is going on uh, in the church? Well, just to highlight
1: one more thing of her being here, is that sure. she's available for well um, conversation after mm-hmm. each service. Mm-hmm. And there'll be some question and answer time. There'll be informal time so she can have one-on-one conversations. And uh, she's being very generous with her time. So I hope pe- people will make time to hang out a little bit. and mm-hmm.
0: Avail yourself. Yeah,
1: avail yourself of good conversation.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, that uh, definitely um um looking forward to that. Uh she's she's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, to uh, uh one of one in my experience one of the more approachable bishops yeah. that I've had the pleasure of uh being around. Mm-hmm. Uh so um encourage definitely encourage folks to uh find that for themselves that yeah. uh, that she's very approachable. Um well, Let's go to this day in church history, which I have to admit, as I was pulling up and researching, is a very dark (laughs) series of event options that I could choose from. So I do get to end on a, what I would call on this week, a high note, Uh, but... (laughs) Uh-oh. Everything preceding to that is a little dour, so I apologize. Well, I am forward, but uh, hey, anyone else can just fast forward. Hey, look, uh, this, this is a—it's not fully comprehensive, but it's pretty. It, this this website casts a pretty wide net as, as to what it pulls in. It, it just doesn't look like this day's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll start in uh, 18 – or eighteen, eight ninety-seven. Uh, and it's the probable death of Photius, a patriarch of Constantinople, one of the most learned scholars of his day. He had been an enemy of Rome and excommunicated by Pope Nicholas I and his associates. Uh, and one of the it's one of the events that will lead to the the schism uh, between the Eastern and Western branches of the Church, which is uh, certainly significant. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1481, it's the first auto de fe in Spain, a ritual of public penance of condemned heretics and apostates. You say that with such joy. It goes on to say, such events would often be accompanied by the execution of said heretics. (laughs) So, uh, which strikes me as a very, I mean, what a, a, you know, ask for penance. Great. Now we kill you. Well, This is them getting right with God and yeah. then meeting their maker. So, so, they're, they're, yeah. so it's it's generous of... It's generous. They're letting him get out of hell whatever. just before they're burned to death. Or whatever. Whatever. It was. <laughs> whatever. Uh, we're terrible. Uh, <laughs> in Human humans. What are you going to do? Uh, in 1557, uh, acting uh, on the earlier command of Cardinal Pole, Roman Catholics at Cambridge, England, dig up the remains... Of Martin Bucer and Paul Fagius, uh, Protestants who had served as professors at the university, and then burned them publicly <laughs> in the marketplace. <laughs> so you want to talk about <laughs> vindictive, yeah. like, good lord. Uh, I'm just thinking of what
1: lowly Seminary was given the job. <laughs> I mean... Wait, you... How long's he been dead? Well,
0: uh, right. No, go yeah. dig up his body so we can do it again. <laughs> you, Oh uh, goodness. It's um,
1: burn. It's too wet. <laughs> in uh,
0: 1564, John Calvin uh, preaches his last sermon. Uh, uh, as he's preaching, his mouth fills with blood, and he has to leave the pulpit. He had been carried there, uh, carried to the church in a chair. He was that ill. Huh. Uh, uh and he ended up dying three months later. Uh but it uh, but this day in fifteen sixty-four was John Calvin's last sermon. Um and here's the uplift of the whole day. Well, I just
1: pictured, so how'd that sermon end?
0: Climb back <laughs> <laughs> you know, peace of God whatever. Yeah. <laughs> peace <laughs> out. Right. Um uh eighteen fifty-seven this is the uplifting one and it's not really, Uh, but Presbyterian minister, uh, Edward Norris Kirk arrives in Paris to establish its American church. Uh, He was well known in the United States as a preacher, revivalist and author among those he uh, converted under his ministry was Dwight L Moody. Um, But I'm, I, I actually kind of had questions on this, and by staring at the, at your face, I'm not entirely sure you might have any. I, I don't understand how uh, he he arrives in Paris to establish it's its American church. So we're just it, it when we say American church, it's it's our version of church that had developed after uh, uh, colonization and revolution, and then like we're going yeah. back to Paris to establish. Our version okay. of the Presbyterian Church. I'm not. I'm, I'm just kind of that, not that following. That's pretty much it. Okay. Um, what year was it? Uh, 1857.
1: Yeah. So transatlantic travel was much easier by then. Uh huh. Um, steamships and all were coming into use. So Americans were beginning to scatter around the world, expat as we we come to call them, expatriates. And so what followed them were American Christian churches. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was establishing in france the american presbyterian church for presumably the expatriates
0: uh, oh okay
1: wanted to worship in english
0: and that made more sense i was sitting there like it, it's it, it it's almost the equivalent of like uh, establishing like even less uh, so but i guess uh uh like establishing a disney world in paris <laughs> yeah you know, where the parisians are like oh, you could, i guess you can <laughs> yeah. we're not going but- yeah <laughs> Knock yourselves out. Um, yeah, here's a swamp you can
1: use. Um, yeah, and what's interesting about this is that it became a huge movement among American churches to establish, overseas. sometimes they call them missions, sometimes they would call them churches. Mm-hmm. Um, all over the world, particularly, though, in Europe, there was certainly a Eurocentric dimension to this effort, so... In many, may, probably all of the European capitals, there are um, Episcopal slash Anglican congregations, mm, uh-huh. and there uh, in Europe is its own diocese okay. uh, with its own bishop, um, and they have a, they have very interesting ministries. But every denomination, existent as colonialization spread, uh, the the modern empires. Every denomination set up this kind of system.
0: Gotcha. Uh, I did find it interesting that uh, uh, Dwight L. Moody was a uh, 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 converted under under uh, uh, this minister's uh, um, ministry, because mm-hmm. the, the the effects of Dwight L. Moody still exist today. Uh, the the Moody Bible Institute is still yeah. uh, around, so it's a uh, um, still still has uh, uh, threads to our current uh, uh, current existence. Uh, yeah, you know, at, at 150 years later, 150 plus. So, um those are our events in church history. Maybe next week we'll have <laughs> what's the <laughs> less murdery um and and yeah, such. Yeah,
1: it is sort of like the, yeah. you know, what's currently uh, popular coming out of Scandinavian
0: television. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and 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 we dug up this body to burn it again. I, I pare these down every week too because there's there's usually about twenty, and most all, all the other ones were about like, oh, it's the death of this person, yeah, or the death of that person, or that you know, there really wasn't any other like, oh, you know, the, the, the you know, <laughs> oh, this, flowers yeah, bloom. This <laughs> this event happened, and you know, a hundred thousand people were converted, or yeah. you know, anything yeah. like that. It was just like, no, no, no. It, the, People die on this day, apparently. <laughs> so everyone drive very carefully. <laughs> well, you know what? The worst ones are are the are the, uh, the the heretical uh, examples that we have going on. Well, so okay, now I want you can drive carefully because you know, but you know, at least you can take the heart that you're not going to be dug up and re-executed. <laughs>
1: uh, uh. Okay, and one thing I didn't say uh, is there was a growing belief in the physical bodily resurrection of people Okay, um, in Christianity. Before that, I was like, yeah, somehow God's going to work it out. But then as people started to inch towards literalism, one of the ways to mess with a person's eternal fate was to mess with their remains. Mm. So it's like, you know what happened to you yeah some guy came and stole my arm that's why i don't have an arm in heaven
0: um oh so so okay so they're even worse than i thought yeah (laughs) yeah even we're even worse yeah than i thought great uh (laughs) and that's it i don't i am just saying. i don't want to do it
1: (laughs) well and the worst possible tie-in of course is we're gonna have a bishop here on that day. (laughs)
0: Who is she going to condemn? May, may it be, <laughs> may it be an event that I look forward to it, uh, to to coming across in whatever however many years it takes us to circle back for that day to land on a Sunday, uh, and it be like a oh you know what in 2022 this wonderful thing happens yes. you can ignore <laughs> the digging up and burning of bodies <laughs> because people are awful. Um, <laughs> And and uh, and and have something a little bit more lighthearted on.
1: Well, I can <laughs> promise the that the snacks are going to be delicious.
0: Uh, hey, you know, I've, I've heard
1: the menu; it's going to be nice.
0: Look, uh, uh, there, there was a, there's a, there's a whole uh, uh, an event in uh, a gospel about great snacks. Yeah. So, why not? It fits. Yeah, why not? Uh, Let's move on to our readings for today. The first reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, and an optional 9 through 13, which I believe that we will be doing. So uh, verse 1 through 13 in chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple seraphs were in attendance above him each had six wings with two they covered their faces with two they covered their feet and with two they flew and one called to one another and said holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory the pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called and the house filled with smoke and i said woe is me I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make the mind of this people dull, and stop the ears, and shut their eyes, so that they may not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and comprehend with their minds, and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord, until this? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is utterly desolate until the Lord sends everyone far away and vast is the emptiness of the mists of the land. Even if a 10th part remain in it, it will be burning again like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains standing when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. Um, <clears throat> this is a, uh, uh, the, the, a good prophecy section of yeah. of uh, the Book of Isaiah. Um, Near the beginning, o- almost seems as if since this came first, uh, the 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 Book of Revelations uh, maybe even borrowed some style, uh, uh, stylistic choices in <laughs> in its writing. Uh, you you could be to- almost forgiven for thinking that this is a. A, a passage from that book instead.
1: Right. And remember, it's Book of Revelation.
0: Be- revelation. I said yeah. it wrong. Yep.
1: Yep. It's not multiple revelations. Yeah, it, it's very much written in the style of, of, of a biblical revelation, whether it's in the Hebrew scriptures or in the New Testament.
0: And when this is written, this is as... um As the kingdom is collapsing and as they're being captured and, and conquered by Babylon or as they're being. It hasn't
1: happened yet.
0: Hasn't happened yet. But
1: the turmoil is arising.
0: Gotcha. Uh, uh, You can kind of see the, the, the storm on the horizon as it were. Um, If that's the case, this is like, what a terrible thing to read. Like I, I would imagine like everybody would, would be really looking for the opposite of this at this point in time. Like, no, 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 the storm will come, but it shall pass and will stand Mm. like a mighty oak. And (laughs) and this is really more like, uh, this is not going to go well. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, and and certainly people would have preferred these things shall pass. But this, in, in many ways, this helps establish Isaiah's authentic prophetic role Mm-hmm. Because he's not sugarcoating it and not telling people what they want to hear, but instead saying, "Okay, you <clears throat> you can see these battles mm-hmm. will be are on the horizon. Yeah, they really are going to happen."
0: Hmm. Um, what's the the, the the there? There's a lot of imagery here up at the top part, but what's the imagery of the ser importance of the seraphs here? Uh, each having six wings. I'm not entirely sure if uh, that's. Ever mentioned before or after uh, how many wings they have? But having six, covering their faces with two, covering their feet with two, and flying with two—very intentionally written. Because I mean, yeah. you could you could just be like, "And I saw seraphs with six winged seraphs," and I'm like, "Okay, got it." Or but, multiple winged, or right, yeah. exactly. So uh, he takes the time to point this out. It, what is what's the significance of covering one's face and feet?
1: It's how to respond to being in the presence of the one true God. Okay. That even a seraph is not worthy of looking God in the eye, so to speak. So one set of wings is covering the eyes. And even to this day in Middle Eastern culture, there's various prohibitions about the cleanliness and non-cleanliness of feet. Mm. Okay. And so the seraphs are keeping their dirty feet from view.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So the, the, the imagery here is, uh, I'm not sure, actually, let me take one step back. Uh, Mm -hmm. We start in saying that the, the, in the year that King uh, Uzziah died, uh, what was the, what was the general vibe, or at least what it was Isaiah's general vibe about King Uzziah? Do we know, like, is he lamenting the loss of a good king? Is this uh, the the death of a of, of someone relatively incompetent and is leaving the nation in shambles as as they pass away, or like what's the what's the importance of King Uzziah? What do we know about him?
1: That <clears throat> he was the last decent king they had.
0: Okay, so this this is almost a lamentation that he is gone, and mm-hmm. the imagery of the prophecy is that now that good and lawful order has passed from the kingdom, you know, all hell's. Well, I
1: shouldn't put it that way, but
0: it's going to be messy. Right. I, I I came before the Lord and I am literally lamenting this. uh, Woe is me. I am lost. Mm -hmm. Um, The imagery goes on to say that a seraph uh, um, uh, touches a coal to his tongue. uh, Using imagery of, of fire purifying, I think. Yeah. And not unique. To uh,
1: Judeo-Christian scriptures, but other religions also use that same imagery for purifi- purification of the message. You're right, and messenger.
0: So this this is this is again credentials for yeah. for Isaiah. Yeah, uh, e-
1: even the non-Jewish listeners would be, oh yeah, you know what that
0: means. Yeah, yeah. So it touches his mouth, meaning like everything I say is God breathed, is mm-hmm. you know tied to this vision, is tied mm-hmm. to um uh um god's actual message uh, yeah. uh to you um and uh he does take the time to uh, unlike others called and maybe even earlier in isaiah i think he almost in a way kind of contradicts us a little bit uh uh unlike others called to greatness in the Im- in in the prophecy or in in, in the dream in the imagery here he volunteers uh, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And he says, "Here am I, send me," which is n- not unique to Isaiah, but more rare than the occurrence of uh, who else? <laughs> because I, I think like last week or maybe two weeks ago, though we did read from Isaiah, and he was saying that he's too young, and yeah. and and uh, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what changed between that reading and this reading. Or he, is.
1: he was touched by the coal. Okay. Because in, um, you know, verse 5, he's saying, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and yet my eyes have seen the king, the lord of hosts. As in, he should now be destroyed because of that. Gotcha. And then mm-hmm. one of the seraphs um, touches him with the coal, and that's it's only after that because... Um, The seraph said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. That's the only after that could Isaiah say,
0: gotcha. He's been he's he's been uh, he's battle ready now. Yeah. God's purified him. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. Then the the, then the imagery goes in a direction that I think at least most modern readers would go. Now, why would you say that? Yeah. (laughs) Because it says. Uh, yeah. Go tell the people. Keep listening, but don't understand. Uh, keep look or keep, uh, don't don't comprehend. Which I guess is a slight... yeah, it's the same, same thing as yeah. understand, understand. Keep looking, but don't understand. Uh, make their <laughs> the mind of the the people dull. Stop their ears, shut their eyes, so that, that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. Why would God not want them to? look hear, understand, and be healed like why would why would uh why would the prophecy or why would this why would this imagery uh, uh that this dream that uh, isaiah is sharing why would god want that <laughs> well as the new
1: revised standard um study bible says this is the most disturbing portion of the isaiah <laughs> The Book okay. of Isaiah.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, sure. I agree. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and it, it it's not easy. Yeah. There is no easy explanation of why would God say this. It's, and frankly, usually when it's something like this, something so disturbing, it's written in retrospect. Uh.
0: Okay. So this is like, if it if this is, wow. Well, But it's not written. Do we have enough historical
1: intense? It's not okay. But that later, in a sense, we'll put it this way: Isaiah later claimed for himself the power to do this after it happened.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So it's like, yeah, yeah, those guys didn't listen to stuff that was on purpose.
0: Right, I got gotcha. you. This is the reason why. Yeah, yeah. It's not your fault. It's not your fault that you. Well, need. no, it, it's it's still, still your fault. fault. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's still your fault. But but you were not. God. God knew it was going to happen, and God meant for it to happen. Right. Which uh, this... then puts the people in a very weird spot. They're like, okay, so if I bear blame, but it is what God wanted, then why am I to blame? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's. It's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Like I, I kind of, I would understand this, I guess a little bit more me personally, if the, the, the concept of it was maybe going back to the first part of, of what God says to him in verse nine, which is keep listening. Yeah. Like I'm going to make them, I'm going to make the people not fully understand this because I want them to continue to listen. You guys have had a long history of, hearing just long enough to hear what you think you want to hear and then going off and doing your own thing which would certainly fit you know the theme of most of the yeah. Old Testament um uh and uh, uh so the idea of like tell them that they have to keep listening and I'm going to make them have to continually come back and dip into the well in order to yeah. to understand but that's not what it says <laughs> 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 that is not like I, I, mean, the way it's worded is like he doesn't even want them to be healed at all. Like, like I want them to be, you know, dumb and bumbling and blind and and you know. Yeah, it's again. There's no easy way. You can even like weave in like a Pauline thing theme with the uh, the the hearing and the and the sight and you know people being. Uh, different parts of the body and that, you know, oh, you know, when the eyes can't see the hands uh, and feet direct to the body or, you know, something like that, yeah. it doesn't go in that direction either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it is, oh, just a, my Bible is literally too sharp. It's too sharp. <laughs> it, it has this really The, the word binding. of the Lord yeah. is a <laughs> double-edged sword. <That's> right. <laughs> Last week, in this week the bone and this week, I cut myself mirror
0: on the mariner <laughs> Uh, anyway god's trying to tell you something that's right i'm just pointing it out
1: um the this passage is one that that uses the term to know that is not the intellectual term but rather is the intimacy term
0: okay okay
1: so i don't know if that makes it any better i think
0: i think it does i think I, i think that does help um a lot actually to for for at least in my mind. So uh, um, not being able to know, understand, comprehend is not to know God, God fully. Yeah. That's a lot more palatable, mostly just simply because if it's, if it's not that, you know, what's the point of hearing Isaiah's words at all? Like, like it, it kind of is a, like a prophetic self looping prophecy of like, I want to say these words to you and you already don't understand what they're what they're saying, but God's trying to get, send you a message, which you've already forgotten. Yeah. And it, he said, this would happen. Go and, in peace. And it's, and it's going to keep happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to keep happening. Um, um, so that makes, that makes some sense of, uh, because uh, certainly as these events are on the horizon and as they transpire and as they, uh as the storm passes as we continue uh, to continue the metaphor and they return home um that level of understanding probably was very difficult if not impossible to wrap their brains around uh, it, the, the, you know the, a lot of the rest of Isaiah is trying to encourage the the, the people like the, the last third is trying to encourage people Uh, About their return home, and you know, and and so it's clear that that uh, the difficult time was would be hard for them for for everybody to understand why it was happening to them. Mm -hmm. And this passage is essentially saying, like, look, you're it's it's you're not gonna you like you're not you're not gonna feel good about this. You're (laughs) not you're not gonna come to the term where you're like, I understand God. This makes total sense. Uh, My life's going to be a living hell and I understand why I get it. Mm -hmm. I accept it. Let's, let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very good way to explain it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it does get darker though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) How long, Oh Lord. Oh, until the cities lie waste without inhabitants and houses without people. And the land is utterly desolate. I'm like, Okay. (laughs) Which to be, to be clear, it isn't a direct answer with a period of time. (laughs) It's more of like, doesn't matter how long (laughs) it's going to be bad. (laughs) Doesn't matter how long, um, uh, uh, even if, even if a 10th part remain in it, which I don't know if that math actually works out to, uh, correctly to how many people were taken, uh, and killed versus left in the region to fend for themselves. Um, But we know that it was, you know, that there was a lot. There were a lot of people who were killed and then taken in or or taken into captivity. Um, And
1: and one thing to know about that particular word, the 10th, is this is the only place in the whole Bible that it's used. Huh. So part of what that means is we, we, we can't tell what the nuances are. Gotcha. Um it's it's so much better if there are like ten or more occurrences because then you say, okay, it means bit this and in, under these conditions it means that. Right. So that's sort of my caveat. But what it's talking about is how yeah, the Babylonians are gonna lay to waste Israel.
0: Yeah. The And very few will remain.
1: Yeah. And so if you remain, it's gonna be even worse than going into enslavement. Gotcha. So in some ways, if someone's paying attention to to these words, when the Babylonian army comes marching in and starts you know chaining people together to walk them back to Babylonia, people could say, Oh, you know, thank goodness we're getting out of this place because mm-hmm. it's going to keep burning. Huh. And similarly, when the Israelites are freed from Babylonia and return part of part of the ongoing conflict that exists to this day is a disdain for the people who were left behind and
0: mm-hmm, survived mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: it's like God didn't even think you were worthy enough to be enslaved so we are not going to hold you in any kind of respect
0: yeah and how does uh, this part how does it the way this ends I'm trying to decide, I'm trying to figure out if this is an uplifting end or like that. It kind of seems like uh, it might be that twinkle of hope or or something at the end, but I'm not entirely sure it is. So even if a tenth part remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth, which is kind of like a, a, a shrub tree. It's the deciduous tree yeah. in the Mediterranean or an oak whose stump remains standing when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. Like I've, I... At first you hear the you hear the term holy seed and you're like, "Oh, so maybe it can grow out of the stump?" Cuz I know that the I know that the, the in, you know, fire is is part of the life cycle of of, you know, yeah. areas where trees uh grow and in some cases uh the 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 heat from the fire is what causes the seeds to actually sprout and right. and, and grow again. But I'm not entirely sure that's the imagery that they're going for. It not. is. Is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. So so, it, so the stump, even though the, everything is burned, the stump remains in the field and will prob- it will grow again yeah. when the fires go are, are, are done and, and go away. And the, the tree, which is imagery for the... the I'm guessing the the light. It's still the imagery of like life, prosperity, and and the 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 God's line, provision, and the, the line of Israel, the yeah. the, the continuation yeah. of the, the lineage, yeah, lineage. Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's terrible number of verses, and then you get just a few words. The holy seed, holy is seed, this, is uh,
0: that stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Isaiah. Goody goody. Thanks, Isaiah. <laughs> Oh, you won't have to worry about it. You won't be there. <laughs> um, uh, anything else about this passage uh, which seems, in retrospect, to fit very nicely with uh, this day in church? Yes, that's true. <laughs> Lord I think we should get out of here. No, yeah. let's move on. Let's move <laughs> what on. I need to say. <laughs> let's move on to our psalm of the day, Psalm 138. Uh, there's 8 verses in the psalm. This is the whole psalm. This is the entirety okay. of Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called you, on the day I called, you answered me, You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord, for though the Lord is high, He regards the lowly, but the haughty He perceives from far away, though I walk in the midst of trouble. You preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work, the work of your hands. Um. A, I, I think we've said this a uh, uh, before uh, um, a couple of times. It reads it. it I know pr- uh, prayers and. Songs uh, sometimes seem the same, or mm-hmm. maybe one begets the other. Um, right, they walk hand in hand. Uh, this is this seems more like a prayer. I'm not sure if the the, the translation works out that it uh, is like more of a song than a prayer. What's the what's the origin for uh, Psalm 138? Do we have any just info? a
1: just a, a scant information um, and and well. That it's old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> this wasn't written like uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> right? Um, well, but there are some psalms
1: that are are pretty are relatively recent, um, but th- this one is is fairly old. It's a single. It's a first person psalm. Um, a person is, who. Is not royal or priestly is okay. writing it, um, so it eliminates David as a possible author, mm-hmm. um, and in many ways is like the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, mm-hmm. in the way in which it talks about the one true God being the God of the lowly. Okay, okay. So in in that way, it's a some would say it's a very modern theology. Even though it's a very old song, hmm.
0: um, you definitely get uh, uh, similar vibes uh, or, or, or comparison vibes in uh, verse seven uh, when it says, "Though I walk in the midst of trouble, uh, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies." Feels very much like though I walk through the valley of yeah. the shadow of death. Twenty third no song, yeah. yeah. Um, any direct tie, and is it t- no. like any or any uh, timing? uh um issue like is hmm. is psalm 23 old enough that uh might have maybe even inspired the style of these words or if anything it's
1: probably the opposite okay but i don't think it's possible to say for sure that 138 is older than twenty twenty three. 23
0: right 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 but uh, that actually serves as a good reminder just because it's numbered later doesn't oh, mean right. it's it's right. aged that way um uh um which one could be forgiven for thinking that maybe we that are. was the, the 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 reasoning um behind uh how they get numbered um uh this um yeah so we're we're in in a in a very interesting way This is this is uh, this prayer kind of when partnered with the first reading feels very much like the antithesis of Mm -hmm. the the very opposite of what we just read. Yeah. Um, uh, The, you know, on the on the day I called, you answered me and you increased my strength of soul. Um, Whereas in the prophecy of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah was called. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so this individual is calling God, uh, calling on God and, and, uh, Isaiah was, had, had everything the other way around. Um, and there's, there's talk of in here of like, you know, uh, this feels a lot more like the f- understanding, uh, uh, of God that you indicated was lacking in the, in the, uh, the, the first reading
1: mm-hmm. that
0: the word understanding, Used in in the uh, the reading the Old Testament reading uh, was being hidden and kept from from people, and this kind of feels this feels a lot more intimate and as though yes. uh, the the author uh, at least feels as though they know they they have more of an understanding of, of God's purpose, especially in talking about uh, for even though the Lord is high, and I, one would assume that that means uh, you know stature and, and position in society and and, and yeah. relative and importance uh he regards the lowly uh uh and 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 in a way elevates them above i love the word haughty the uh, above yes. the haughty uh, uh and, and because he perceives them from far away in other words like eh, nah, I'll go near those guys. right <laughs> they're so haughty i can hear them from over there yeah <laughs> there's no reason to go anywhere near Turn, tone it down guys <laughs> yeah um so it, it, that's that's interesting because i think a lot of times the theme of some of these uh, uh reading choices uh is uh to uh, um, shore up or to you know kind of buttress a, an, an idea and uh in a way this feels as though like all right let's uh Let's mellow that out a little bit. Let's uh, <laughs> let's change gears and and uh, and and give, that, give a yin the... to that yang. Uh, but um, a tune going out for you lovers out there, <laughs> right? Followed by some death metal. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, but but what what do you have to say about this psalm? Anything that you want to point out? Yeah, it's. It's first of one of the ways to
1: know that it's an old psalm, and again, now that I'm thinking about probably older than Psalm twenty-three, is that it has a comfort in talking about other gods.
0: Mm, okay.
1: And Psalm twenty-three, you know, it's it's other gods just don't exist. Mm-hmm. They're not even it's not even kosher to mention their possibility. And part of the way the Hebrew is constructed. Is God prefers lowly people to these other gods. Mm. it's not just that he prefers lowly people to kings, but also doesn't even have time for these silly gods from other countries um, because they're not they're not humble, they're not lowly. Mm-hmm. so it's it's a, a reaching out to people from other religions. To say, yeah, God, God's not going to respect the ownership claim that your God has on you. Right. And, right. and it doesn't try to say your gods are fake. Instead, just God is more powerful, is better, and takes care of you much better mm-hmm. than those gods you believe in.
0: Yeah, I think I'm also struck by... Um... Even in this old writing, that the um, um, well, let me start over. The, the the a lot of tendency of the the perception of Old Testament writing is like the 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 old fire and brimstone yeah. uh, uh, concepts. But you can even see here in this Psalm writing, violence and fire and brimstone really isn't what gets elevated right uh, here in verse seven it, you know, though I walk through the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand and your right hand delivers me. There's no reference of like, and you know, their violence will be met tenfold. Yeah. And, and which, which, uh, uh, my understanding of my very limited understanding of early, uh, other religions, uh, non, non, uh, Jewish religions. Uh, it was that, there was a little. There, there was, there was a fair amount of that. Of, of, yeah. of, you know, the violence being kind of elevated and uh, uh, um, assured by gods. Yeah, that that's why you should have your allegiance towards this set of gods because they'll because right. if, if if not, beat, yeah, they'll beat up yeah. the gods from that country. Yeah, very macho, very. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if it. I don't know if that lends anything to the uh, the, the, you know, um uh the concept of god being you know maybe maybe more of a female uh <laughs> uh uh concept for for the the god of israel uh, the, because of, yeah. I, don't, I don't give a crap about your macho garbage <laughs> you know <laughs> you boys can go beat each other up like a bunch of idiots
1: <laughs> well and one thing that occurs to me is there's in the in the Atheist atheism movement there's often a description of religion as being created by humans Uh to satisfy various needs and all that i think looking at the competing religions for lack of a better term of biblical times you can see yeah the those religions very much reflect human character and desires oh yeah and one of the one of the reasons that's easier for me perhaps to believe in the one true God is that the holy writings for the most part are counter to human desires right that that they draw us out of our own self-centeredness and our own desires for power so Mm. this is one of those places where excuse me yeah it's well yeah you know the kings they think they got it all and those little puny gods think they have it all but no the one true God is the most powerful and exercises that power in support of the lowliest people mm-hmm. instead of in service of God's own desires or the noble
0: people. Right. Uh, anything else about one, uh, Psalm
1: 138?
0: Um, I guess I'll wrap it up for this time. Sounds good. Let's move on to our gospel reading, which comes from the book of Luke or the gospel of Luke, I should say, Uh, chapter five, verse one through 11. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deeper water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. They, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when P- Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who are partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Um, I'm initially struck by, uh, and, and maybe just because we kind of do have been doing this in order, uh, the um, when he puts the boat out a little way, he sits down to teach the crowds, mm-hmm. uh, which invokes kind of the symbolism, the, the imagery of... Uh, his time in the synagogue exactly uh, so uh he uh, he's starting a sermon uh, yeah uh or 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 a reading from the torah or you know mm-hmm. that 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 equivalent um and um it is it's interesting uh to then he puts out <laughs> he's he says to put out into uh uh deep water and and let down your nets for the catch one can read i think in simon's aunt's you know response like oh maybe even almost dripping sarcasm <laughs> yes we worked all night and caught nothing but if you want <laughs> we'll do it again It, you know if you want to do something if you want to you know follow follow up this great sermon with a giant waste of time let's do it <laughs> Yep. Um, and uh, and then the third thing that I was struck by so they let down their nets they catch, they have all this fish they can't even haul it into the boat they call over the other boat and they're literally like dipping down low enough yeah. in the water that they've got to be very careful or they full will sink Yeah. and Jesus' response to uh, their amazement in this moment of potential sinking is don't worry uh from now on you'll be catching people which in my <laughs> mind I'm like they're even heavier than fish <laughs> we really will sink <laughs> boy that's a whole, sermon right there isn't whole, it <laughs> a whole bunch of people flopping all over the boat and <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, don't worry i'm like well that actually
1: does have me worried what do you mean Well, and as it turns out, it it will be much harder than fishing Mm -hmm. for fish, and will sink them. And they it will sink them. It will sink sink overload them. them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, I never thought of that. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Uh, But uh, um, yeah, they so they then they bring their boats to shore and they leave everything and follow him. Um, uh, And uh, um, unlike the 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 imagery in the there's kind of like a tapestry bar at the top of this website that is called that shows artwork. Um, The the one chosen for today is uh, uh, Jesus uh, preparing fish for like for, for breakfast. Yeah. Uh, No mention that they do anything with these fish. Right. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, one would assume uh, uh, or one could, one could imagine that, it worded this way. They bring it on, on board the shore. The crowd's still there. There's no reference that the crowd dissipated and left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know if I saw them uh, pulling uh, a giant number, a number of fish uh, on board, I'd be like, oh, you know, at least I should at least stick around and maybe I can get one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, though they may just pull them on shore and be like, Hey, have at it. Here you go.
1: Maybe. Um, It's not so clear in this reading, but in
0: uh, Matthew... Save these fish for later. We're going to need it later (laughs) when we have 5,000 people. salt these
1: fish and store them for later. Oh, okay. I was going (laughs) to say, in which case I'll quote the Gospel of John, Master, there'll be a stink. (laughs) Yep, yep. Um, But it's not emphasized here, but in Matthew and Mark, it does mention the... Um, father of James and John,
0: right? Uh, Zebedee. So, yeah, so uh-huh.
1: you know he he could have set up the quick sales booth. I <laughs> got <gotcha>. you. I
0: got <gotcha>. you.
1: <laughs> Made a uh, you know one last time. Get the help of his sons to right uh, buy the groceries for the week. So, but yeah, it actually that's part. Some say that's part of the beauty of this Luke version is that they've made the most money they ever have in their lives and they're willing to walk away from it to follow Jesus.
0: Yeah. 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 You can. Uh, what I love about, uh, uh thinking and, and contemplating these passages, you can, you can, your brain can kind of fill in some of the gaps. Yeah. Uh, and, and with a, some fantasy story, I'm sure, especially in my case, because, uh, uh, I, I tend to try to imagine the humor in between the lines here. Uh, I like to think that James and John never wanted to be fishermen. <laughs> so they leave Zebedee with like all those fishermen like, Dad, we're leaving the family business! <laughs> Where I, I told yeah. you I didn't want to do it, and I, I got my first opportunity to go east <laughs> or south or whatever, wherever uh, Lake uh, Gennesaret is, is from Galilee. Uh, uh, or Actually, it is the Sea of Galilee. Is <laughs> it the Sea of Galilee? Okay. Yeah. So, but whichever direction like, I'm going to the big city. <laughs> yeah. <and> I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah.
1: And they'll spend a year sleeping on yeah, in the yeah, hills, exactly, you know, until they exactly. go to Jerusalem. But it's what I want to do. I yeah. want to
0: backpack through, through Galilee <laughs> yeah. and you This know, will be my gap year. Yeah, this is my gap year. <laughs> <get> pros- <persecuted. laughs> um But uh but yeah, I like to imagine that. Like you yeah. know, like I told you I wanted to be a cobbler and you never <laughs> you never well, encouraged me.
1: And part of the fun of this story is that Simon We know from another verse is married, Mm, mm -hmm. and so it's not just so. Yeah, there's James and John leaving dad. There's Simon taking a break from wifey.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. And I won't do any jokes about that.
1: Better not. (laughs) So that again and again, we're supposed to be aware of that. That the uh, the participants here leaving their biggest haul of money ever leaving. The security, love, and support of family, mm-hmm. whether as parents or spouse, to follow Jesus, giving right. up everything.
0: Yeah, which, which, you know, I, I think as modern readers, because I love to use that term, uh, it's harder. I, I think it's harder for us to imagine. Yeah, but if you really think about it, you know, if you. Have one of these experiences. If you were to be in the in the, these individuals' shoes, it would be. It might might be a very difficult decision, but I I think we'd be more conflicted than we give ourselves than we than we actually think, mm-hmm. because like in the face of something undeniably extraordinary, what do you do? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, in a way, for James and John, it's a lot easier. I, one would think of being like, "See, hey, Dad." <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and Dad can say, "Yeah, you you have given the family more
0: money than we've ever right. had." Yeah, it, it makes sense. you, you, can, yeah, you can take more. your year abroad. I don't care. I yeah, got, I got this is a year and a half. A year and a half haul, right? Yeah. Here. Um. Uh. So. Uh. But yeah, the the, the idea of like, you know married and leaving your spouse potentially children probably children yeah um seems harsh and you know one could judge simon for such a thing but thinking about it um if you really think about it that would be a you know in your mind what you know but how could i not yeah
1: yeah and and today they're in our day and age, there are lots of really inspiring stories of people leaving behind what looks like a pretty um, enviable situation mm-hmm. of their life, lifestyle, all that, to pursue more deeply a spiritual walk with God. You know, whether it's the dramatic one of someone joining a monastery or a convent or the more everyday one of... Someone saying, you know, this this year I'm going to use some of my vacation time to spend a, a week on retreat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And folks, I can remember um, so many times through my years as a parish priest, um, parishioners saying, "Yeah, all my friends think I'm crazy because I'm going to a retreat center for a week instead of going fishing, yeah, or to Cabo or wherever." Um, and, and then the, we'll go on and say, "Boy, that was the best decision I ever made." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. We often f- face moments where we have to be courageous in our life choices, even if it's just being courageous in the face of peer pressure as to how we should spend time, spend money, uh, be in what our career
0: should be, things like that. Yeah. Um, anything else about this passage from Luke, especially well, since you don't have to preach on it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, there was something
0: Did I, did I make you lose it with the imagery of humans flopping around on the boat? I think you that? did actually. <laughs> <laughs> there,
1: there are a couple people through the years that have made a humorous um, imagery of Simon Peter kneeling in the pile of fish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That also would be kind of so enjoy
1: that. Uh, <laughs> yep and, and the neat image of the moment of revelation, they signal to their partners in the other boat mm-hmm. and that sometimes, oftentimes we need help in, in getting through a spiritual experience, whether it's to figure it out, quote unquote, or just to be able to hang in there with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So those are two things I'd add.
0: Yeah. I suppose, uh, uh, with the boat sinking, um, Maybe Simon Peter was just trying to get Jesus to leave the boat. because <laughs> Another I, 150 I, pounds I, to get need, off of there? I need at least 120 pounds to leave this boat right now or we're going to die. <laughs> uh, I'm sinful. Get I don't know. I, I'm a leper. Go I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. What do I, what do I say to get rid of... <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we will call to a close, uh, this year podcast for February 6 2022, the fifth Sunday after the epiphany. Uh, and, uh, we encourage you to join us this coming Sunday, uh, in, in, live in person at eight and 10. And please understand if I start to giggle while reading the gospel. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Fortunately, uh, I should have your mic turned off for that part, so that because I'll be reading the gospel. (laughs) Oh, that's true. You will be not. Well, I won't be preaching, but I'll be reading the gospel. Okay, so you will. Oh, yeah. All right. Good luck. Um. Uh. But uh. But yeah. Eight and ten in person. Uh, Ten o'clock service will still be broadcast online. So if you're not able to join us in person or at that period of time, uh, you can catch that uh, on line at our youtube channel hfec videos on youtube uh and visit our website to see what all we have going on holyfamilyfishers.org uh we really look forward to uh worshiping uh this sunday and uh hope to see you there and until then i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you later Bye bye bye